This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. I'm Kathy White, and this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me today is the director of the Crime Victims Assistance Center in the Southern Tier. Used to just say Binghamton, Rainy Bodden Distal, but not anymore. You guys have spread out your wings, and what are you, up in Shenango County now also? We are in Shenango County. Yes, we we operate the Child Advocacy Center up there. Wow. Well, geez, it just so happens that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which should be every month, right? Right. Uh, But you and I, when the whole pandemic thing was getting started, you were one of my first interviews that we had to figure out this whole telephone thing and, and do. Uh, you were one of my first interviews when this all got started because one of the first concerns from the get-go was what isolation, lockdown, and that kind of thing was going to do as far as some uh, situations of domestic violence and the number of cases and the number of people that are getting help that need help. Um, can you give me, in a nutshell, what over the past seven months I mean, we were expecting a huge spike in, in domestic violence cases. Has that happened? I mean, we've seen a slight uptick and um, an increase in lethality. Um, we've also seen a lot more gun violence locally um, during these lockdown months. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't believe this is over, and... Um, I think it's hard for people who are in those situations to call for help because if you're, you know, home with your abuser, you're not going to have the space to make those phone calls even. So um, I'm not sure what this is going to look like moving forward, and we're not alone in that. Um, I talked to programs across the state, and I think that's, that's pretty much the consensus. So we're still, you know, obviously delivering services, which has gotten difficult because, and now again, um, just this week, the hospitals are on lockdown from visitors in Broome. So, because um, typically we respond to the hospitals to, to meet with victims. So this has been an ever-changing landscape, which, you know, complicates things. But we're still here, we're still open, and we're doing the best we can to meet the needs of the victims uh, and their families in our communities. Well, the reporting numbers of cases has been, as you mentioned, a very big concern from the get-go. I want to say we were less than a month in when I had the opportunity to have on this program the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, and we were discussing the numbers. I had been hearing from the local um, emergency services dispatchers that they were very surprised that they were the calls of domestic incidents were down, but Letitia James was saying, "No, no, no, no. The the cases are definitely going up. The problem is, as you mentioned, the people that are having the victims having a problem being able to safely make a call when they are stuck in the same house as the person that is the problem." Correct, and I, I will say that um, we instituted early on uh, like a chat feature on our website, so not that necessarily that's the most ideal situation, but at least it's not like, you know, out loud conversation um, right. that you can just have that chat with somebody on our staff and we can try to get you the assistance that you need, and that includes 
doing some safety planning. And, you know, if people aren't ready to leave their abusers, um, you know, then we, we get that. We want to help you stay safe with the decisions that you're wanting to make right now. And it is a difficult decision to make even more so now when you're looking at the economic repercussions with a lot of people that have lost their jobs. And if there's one person still in the household that is bringing in some money and you've got dependents and all that kind of stuff, that really kind of tips the scale on what you're going to do as far as making a decision on what you can do and still live. That's totally accurate. And I I just want to mention that you know, DV situations are typically like it's a grooming process. So if you wake up every morning and your partner's telling you that you're no good, you can't make it without them, um, you know, you begin to believe that even if you don't intend to believe it. I mean, that gets ingrained in you. So you get to a point where you want to leave, but you don't think you're capable of doing that. So what we try to do is work with people to take even little baby steps if we can help them um, move towards a more independent life where they're safe and happy and healthy. The emotional impact of the pandemic on people where uh, somebody may have been in a bad situation to begin with, you pile on top of that a whole bunch of stress, whether it be the economy or just getting on each other's nerves with being in the same house for an extended period of time. That's got to compound a situation that could have been bubbling underneath for a long time and is, is just ready to pop. Is there help for people who maybe are on the, the side of things that are dealing out the, the bad behavior? Is there something to help them recognize what's going on and, and kind of diffuse the situation before it gets to a very bad case? Again, I don't think there's enough resources in our community to adequately deal with that. But I would say if anybody has questions, comments, or concerns, to call our crisis line or get on our website because if you call, you know, we're going to we're gonna walk you through something. We're going to make referrals. We're going to provide resources for you the best we can. Um, I just want the community to know that we're here and open and want to help. As far as the reporting of this has gone, as we get back to that a little bit, uh, we've been, you and I have been talking so far in the program, has been kind of implying uh, relational uh, situations in a relationship. But when we're talking domestic violence, there's also um, the, the child violence, the, the abuse against children and things. With the schools and the situations that the schools were in, with remote learning, the teachers, the educators, the counselors, the nurses, the bus people not having eyes on the kids, my understanding has been that that's also been skewing the numbers as far as what we've been seeing reports of incidents involving children. Um, The Child Advocacy Centers in both Broome and Shenango have continued to be open through all of this. They continue to see cases. Um, we have two coming into Broome today. Um, we, you know, what, if it's tied to COVID or not, I mean, we're not really clear, but it hasn't let up for us in that department. Really? So I, I guess I would speak to that too. You know, um, we want to help keep our children safe. And if they don't have that outlet, 
to be able to go to school and confide in somebody they trust. So they're living a nightmare. Um, you know, we need to be able to get to these families. I think that's of the utmost importance. That is a, that is a big problem. I mean, how how do you get to a, an eight year old and tell them that there's help available for them? You know, how do you do that when you don't have a teacher or a, a confidant or even they, they haven't even been seeing their friends and their friends' families that could say, hey, Johnny's got a bump that looks suspicious or a black eye or something like that. How do you get to these kids? Well, I mean, that's proven problematic. Um, we've tried to be creative from the agency's standpoint. Um, we had, like, early on, we had uh, palm cards printed up and put them in with, like, lunches that the school was sending out to the kids. Mm. Um, you know, obviously could be intercepted by parents who don't who don't want the kids to reach out. Um, so, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a problem. It certainly is. Um, we were expecting also with the kids return to school, which a lot of them have, that there would be an uptick in that too. So we're, we're monitoring that very closely. I heard somebody say the other day that uh, one thing about the lockdown was it seemed that it made strong relationships stronger and weak relationships really weak or fall apart. And it, it just it seems like such an insurmountable challenge for an agency like yours that is trying so hard to get help to the people that most desperately need it. And now you're also looking at, like everybody else, nonprofits and businesses alike, with the whole economic impact of the coronavirus. How do you keep your programs operating? You haven't been able to do the fundraising. You had, you know, I mean, you had Crime Victims' Rights Week. Was it what in April? And yeah. when this whole thing was in the, you know, the the pretty much the apex, unless we're heading for another one now. But you haven't been able to do any of your normal fundraising or advocacy or even outreach education programs that you have done for years. No, we have not. Um, we did do a, a virtual um, remembrance for Crime Victims Rights Week that was on our, our Facebook page. Um, we've tried to be creative around fundraising, but that's been difficult. We're now selling purple masks on our website purple masks for domestic violence awareness month to try to raise some funds um and i you know it's been difficult for us financially because um you know the state is holding back some of the funds that they that they were going to release to us so we're just trying to do our best to navigate things but i just wanted to highlight the masks if people are willing to help contribute that would be awesome um if you just go to our website uh, facebook page either one um, there's a button that you can, um, you know, purchase a purple mask. And um, we feel like it's a great visual for the month. And, I, Kathy, I think you know that we've been doing Paint the Town Purple the last few years, and that's grown and been very um, productive for us and raising awareness and stuff. So, you know, this year's been hard on everyone. Yeah. Um, so we're just trying to keep the message alive because that's what's important to us and our mission. Well, let's talk again about domestic violence. Um, you mentioned that a lot of times the victim is being groomed and into thinking that this is the way that it, it is. It has, it has to be. If you 
have really gotten to the point where you realize that this you're not being treated the way you should be treated, whether it's an emotional abuse or outright physical abuse. Who do you talk to? Who do you get advice from in these days if there is a chance that you can pick up a phone and it's safe to do so for you to, to call somebody? What do you, how do they get a hold of your counselors and your advisors? Our crisis line number is 722-4256. Um, as I mentioned, we have a website, cvac.us, and we're on Facebook, Crime Victims Assistance Center. Um, and I do want to mention that we have an attorney on staff at this point in time. We were able to secure a grant for that. So if people are in need of, you know, help with custody or divorces or, you know, things of those natures, um, civil things, then um, we can at least hear you and try to give you the best advice that we know to be true and accurate. Um, we have counselors on staff. We... Um, have advocates on staff. I mean, I think we're, I think we're a wraparound service. So if people have questions, you know, reach out to us, and we'll do our very best to help you. And you mentioned that that uh, little chat thing that was very new that you guys instituted. How do people, if they're in a situation where they do have access to a computer, as a lot of people do now because people are working from home and such, so there is an excuse for somebody to be on a computer. How do they get a hold of you guys that way and maybe in a, a, a very, um, I don't want to say secretive, but in a, a less obvious way, be able to reach out and talk to you guys? So our the live chat is on our um, website, and it connects you with an advocate. Um, we do our best to respond as soon as possible to that, so anyone can search, search in fact, I just did it. I searched for live chat at cvac.us um, and was able to pull it up. So I think it's really accessible to people, um, and it allows you to talk through things. And I, I just want to to bear down on that a little bit in that, um, you know, we're not going to tell you you have to leave. We want you to tell us what you need, and we will help you safety plan Um for you and your children, if that's the case, man or woman. I mean, we we deal with both genders, all genders. So um, we just want to help you make the best decisions you can right now. A lot of people have a lot of stuff on their tables right now. Yeah. It's a very difficult situation. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to be our guest today, Rainey. We really appreciate this. Rainey Bondistel from the Crime Victims Assistance Center. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. It's the only consumer UV sanitation.